Ayo. Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. It's your girl Antoinette and Shanti here, and you are now tuned in to your favorite podcast. Favorite podcast. I don't know if I like oh. that one. I really enjoyed the way that you're trying them all out, though. You I just know? miss Yizzo. Yizzo! I don't, I don't know why you stopped saying that. Well, Did someone you, say something? You, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what in <laughs> the gaslighting? That was... That just irritated me. She said, did someone say something? You, on the podcast. Why would you? <laughs> oh, well, I miss it too. Bring it back. Are you Bring moving your back. mic? Oh, the other mic. You're not even using it. I was about to say, if, you move, you, if you're moving your mic around, it's going to be No. All right, well. Yizzo! We did it together. <laughs> All right. Your birthday's coming up. We're not going to do Libra this season. right now. It is definitely Libra season. We'll get into it. Matter of fact, let me write that down under my goddamn updates. It's it's. Listen, speaking of Libra season, we have a special guest on this motherfucker today. Sorry, Aunt Barbara, for cursing. So sorry. But this very special guest is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to introduce him from the top so he don't have to be silent during these updates. But this guest happens to be married to my sister, and his name is Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen is a playwright, a thinker, a professor, and an all-around good human being. A really good man. And my, my brother. So he's here. Say hi, Dennis. What's up, family? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. He's I'm excited. excited. Dennis, I am. I'm a fan. Dennis listens to the podcast, which is funny to me. I'm like, this is the ghetto. But he be in his his thing. Um, So he's going to join us. And we're actually going to have an interesting conversation for our main topic. You know, while Dennis is married to my sister, he has always been a good human being. But maybe he was possibly a fuckboy and didn't know he was a fuckboy. So we have to talk to him (laughs) about being reformed. It's possible. It is possible. Is Why did you just look like that, Shanti? Because I just don't. I just no, don't think it's possible to be a fuckboy and not know you're a fuckboy. But all right, we're gonna. Be oh yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Well, we'll talk about it. talk about it. So, Shanti, you got any updates? I went to Ithaca, New York, with my sister and my mom and JoJo, and we stayed on a couple's land that they tilled, and now they have this amazing vegetable garden that they can live off of for an entire year. They're vegetarian, so they make enough food for themselves. Corn, eggplant, grain, all of the shit. They have, they built a little caravan slash tiny house in their backyard where they take Airbnb, Airbnb folks. 
And my mom and Jojo stayed in like a little tiny house. And my sister and I slept in a tent. And it was my first time at Ithaca. They had beautiful waterfalls or gorges and um, quaint. The whole, all of the woods were just ablaze with like red and orange and yellow, like all the autumn colors hit. Um, and we just mm-hmm. hiked and hung out together and made food on the fire. And like, it was fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, How long were you was, there? We were there for two nights. It was really, really sweet and quaint. And then it was really interesting because you passed like all these huge signs for Trump. Mm. It was like kind of like Trump. It wasn't Trump country. I feel like it was evenly, uh, evenly separated. But it was really interesting to be around like country white folks that like Trump. It's kind of different energy than city white. But I, it's, I guess you can appreciate it more because you like, I guess they're more upfront than like city Trump support white folks support Trump that you don't, you can't tell, you wouldn't know. Um, but it was a nice, it was a nice getaway and um, slept really well and came back to the city and like I couldn't sleep. The first night I came back, I was like up and wired, which was really interesting. And I was like, what the fuck's that all about? But um, yeah, I came back and now I'm like. You slept in a sleeping bag? We slept in a little sleeping bag. <laughs> and uh, my sister. Child, just really go nice. ahead and move. Just go ahead. I was ahead like, and I'm do going it. to the woods. What, <laughs> are we, what are we attached <laughs> to these cities for? Just go like, ahead. <laughs> Your Wi Fi already don't work. You don't need it. Just, you don't have a TV. Just go ahead. We'll miss you. Around the way, curls will live on in everyone's. <laughs> Hearts and minds, fuck um, um, listen. It was it was nice. It was a nice reprieve, and now I'm back. Oh, you trying bullshit. to teach JoJo? Yeah, back on my bullshit. Trying to teach JoJo shit. I ordered the Addy collection. You know Addy? Remember Addy? No. <gasps> you never read American Girls? Like the collection, they had the one black series for Addie, and it was Never. about a slave. I didn't know anything about American Girl, nothing, until I came to New York in college. And I was like, what? Really? Is, what, what is everybody talking about? No. I was reading R.L. Stein. <laughs> I read R.L. Stein. <laughs> I just know a lot of little black girls read the Addie collection, because there's like a bajillion white girls in their stories. But it's basically just like um, different stories that share, his, you know, bring American history into context for young girls because they could be like, oh, oh. But Addie's a young slave. She's born into slavery and then she migrates north and it's like her family story around My white that. mom was not buying me that. And she I, was like, what? Read R.L. Stein. I'm slightly nervous that it's just a bunch of bullshit because I don't remember what it, like, I don't remember that fucking book. I just remember being like, oh, wow. Girl, just get her, where, <laughs> like, Curious George and keep it put. You do I'm it like, too much. Read the people's history right you, now. You, you, you need Chapter to get Mafaro's, <laughs> Mafaro's Beautiful Daughters. Stop fucking playing. We got that one too. But it's a whole collection. So, and it kind of leads, because I think in fifth grade, that's when they're starting to learn about American history. So if anybody fifth grade has any cool books that like tell the truth to kids around American history, you better write one. Let me know. Just um, tell her to listen to the 
this podcast, the politics is usual <laughs> slot to be specific. She's like, Trump is a white trash mom. <laughs> like, oh shit, here I go rubbing my eyes. Um, and speaking of books, I just really want to know what everybody else is thinking. I'm reading this Transcendental Kingdom. It's by Yah Ghazi. I'm saying her name wrong, but the same woman that wrote Homecoming. Homecoming. And I tried to talk about it last week, but it we did we got off subject. But I'm not feeling this book at all. Is it not written well? <laughs> it's not. No, I don't know what happened. She got she got like uh, pressured into writing another book or something. She like had to. You should tweet her. Like, <laughs> sis, what happened here? We was feeling you. This ain't it. <laughs> You're no, dead to me. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sis, who wrote the other book? Because it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny the audacity of us to be critiquing somebody's writing when we have a tr- sentence together <laughs> the three worst string of words are, is very difficult for me but anyway <laughs> no it's just you know what it's just it's not slapping so it's not a bop no no mm. I wonder, I'm trying to get through it I wonder if anybody else feels the same way so. at least you're this reading author again yeah, she ain't saying her name right. <laughs> <laughs> Spell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yagyasi. Yeah, Spell Gyasi. it. Spell the last name. Y-A-A-G-Y-A-S-I. She don't have a Y-A-A-G-Y-A-S-I. She's um Ghanaian. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she she Ghanaian. Okay. She Ghanaian. I don't know how to say her word, even though it's probably her name. It's mad phonetic, but I don't know how to say. It. <laughs> Lord Jesus. All right. So, <laughs> fuck y'all. Ellie, <laughs> <laughs> a book. This bitch is on her book time right now. So, what the fuck is a book? Book. All right. <sighs> I'm a hot ass mess over here. I got to be honest. I, I am like not okay. I have not been okay. And that's okay. For real. Like, here's where I'm at. Um, I recently hurt my, my foot. I have no idea how. I was fine one minute and I went to sleep like do 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 and woke up and could not put weight on my foot. So... It was so bad that I was hobbling around the first day and I guess I really aggravated it even more that the next day I tried to get out of bed and pee in the middle of the night and I fell to the floor because it was this sharp shooting pain and I had to crawl to the bathroom and I got to the bathroom and just started crying because I was like, It hurt, but I think when you're, when it's three o'clock in the morning and you're crawling to the bathroom and you live with other people and you can't ask them for help, it's like the loneliest feeling (laughs) in the world. And I was just like, wow, this can't be life. And it just started, it just started, it triggered all the triggers in me of like, I, I don't want to rely on other people. And this is why. And I am single. Like, you will never feel more single until you can't go to the bathroom. You like, the fuck? And it just felt like, it just felt like shit. And and this is, at the end of the day, my home. Like, this is my home. And it doesn't feel like home anymore. Mm. 
Mm. And I was just like, this is ass. And I put so much work into this house of making it home. And it's just not home. Mm. And then I started go spiraling into these are the motherfuckers that ruined my home. And then it was like this whole thing. And so the next day, Jay came through. Thank God. I called her. I was like, I need help. I'm not okay. Jade of all Jades came through with some crutches for me. And yes, Jade. she was like, I'm gonna get you some jerk chicken too. And like went out, got jerk chicken and turmeric pills. And was like, you know, just keeping me company because she knew I was spiraling. Um, and then it just, just so much, it feels like so much is going on preparing to go back to work. I'm getting all of these like onboarding emails and it's a really great sign of them being like, oh, and I didn't say this in the middle of me hurting myself, whatever way I did, that's the other concern is like, I don't have insurance right now because it just ran out September 30th and this started October, whatever. And so my insurance for my new job doesn't kick in until November. So now I'm just like, gotta wait. And my, I'm calling my mom and she's like, you can't have a fucking blood clot. You know, stressed out. I'm like, I don't think I have a blood clot. Give me a second. This is a lot. But then I was also in the middle of like taking my summer clothes and putting them away and put, so my room looks like a mess. And then you're sleeping in this. You can't leave your house and then like you have to ice your foot every 20 minutes, but I have to get myself to the kitchen to get new ice, to get water, to eat, to cook. And it was just like, I don't have help. I can't ask for help. And it was it was sobering to say the least. Then the new job is hitting me up like, yo, you know, where, where should we send your monitor and your laptop and your keyboard and your mouse? I'm like, oh, this is great. Like this place actually has money, but I'm also looking around like, where am I going to put all this? Cause I don't (laughs) have space. So I'm like binging, like just throwing shit away, trying to make space for like this Mac monitor that's coming with it. Like apparently I need two screens cause I'll be in spreadsheet. It just feels like a lot. And then on top of that, somebody really close to me is dealing with like substance abuse and I'm trying to figure out how to support him while holding him accountable while preparing myself for like the worst. And it just all was like, this is the ghetto right now. Mm-hmm. And I should be really grateful, but this feels like the ghetto this week. Last week, I, I don't think I was in the, was I PMS last week? Maybe. I was At, spiraling last you week. You were spiraling last week. And my spiral is different. My spiral is quiet and inward. It's like, I want to talk. And then I am on my period. So it's really just like, and so imagine not being able to walk and being on your period. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. Um, but then I've been, I tell everybody I've been watching ER. ER is my shit. ER was SVU before SVU was SVU. Like everybody was on ER. Everybody. When I tell you Morris Chestnut made an appearance in that bitch, Gabrielle Union, the boy, uh, Shia, uh, what's her name? What's his name? Shyla Buffet. Buffo. What's his name? Shyla Buff. Shyla Buff. Oh, all right. He was on that joint and he was this kid with MS in his wheelchair and he was acting his ass off, honey. I said work. He was a star. (laughs) But like they needed all of these extras. And believe it or not, Olivia Benson was on ER and she had like a she had a starring role for a season and she was a dit. She was crazy. I I'm just so impressed with these people. The writing was really, (laughs) really good. 
it's just so well done. But I was watching ER and I was just binging it because I had nothing else to do, sit in the bed. And these two kids and their family, they were in a car accident and both of their parents died. And the kids are just, I think it's like seven and five. And they're just standing there with their toys and both their parents are dead. And I said, wait a minute, this is a lot. So then I went and got my phone and I start sending every voicemail from my mother and father to my email. And I'm like, if anything happens to this phone, I will not have these messages. And I'm just archiving them like mom voicemail, October, da, 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 dad voicemail. Da, da, da. Like, and they're not even saying anything. Like half my dad's voicemails are a joke. He's just like, it's your father. Call me back. That's it. But I want the message. And so I called my mom the next day and I was like, mom, I don't want anything else for my birthday, but I want you to get the Jack and the Beanstalk book. And I told her where it was. Like, it's downstairs in the basement on the bookshelf. And I want you to read that story to me because she has a particular way that she would read it. And like, I want that forever. I want it forever and ever and ever. And I'm just dealing with like my parents my parents is right. Mortality. My parents, but it should be parents is already plural, and then you put oh. the apostrophe on there with no s. My parents' uh, mortality, and it's horrible. <laughs> I'm dead. It's horrible, and I know I'm in my feelings, and I know I'm crazy. Libra season. Yo, listen, and then the other thing is that I was like. I was not getting my parents. Like, Am I pregnant? How could I be pregnant? What's going on? I was like freaking out. This is a lot. I'm taking pregnancy tests and shit. I'm in here tripping. This it's been so much this week, but I'm not pregnant. I got my period. Shout out to me. Put some applause on this bitch right here. <laughs> Shout out to me and my ovaries. Amen. But it's just it's just a lot. And then I went. I spiraled on IG talking about black men and their quote unquote protection of us. And I was like, Libra season is in the motherfucking building. Get ready. The judge and the jury are here and they're all in one person. And we're here to we're here to level this shit out. We're here to tell you what's going on, guys. And make it look cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and listen and flirt with you and waste your time. That's <laughs> what we're here to do. No, I'm playing. But really like, and then I call women out and we we can get into that. For another episode where I call women out too. Hashtag protect black women. Hashtag Brianna Taylor. But you are sleeping and fucking somebody's man. Mm. It's not a thing. That doesn't feel like protection to me, guys. Nope. But that's another episode. So that's where Internet. I'm at. Internet. Wow. Why? <sighs> Never mind. Why what? <laughs> Say what? I'm just so curious as to why you don't want to talk about it when you're going through all the things. Bitch. Like, you'll just say. You answer for, you You can answer that too. <laughs> you, you. When you call me and I know that, and I'm upset, I can't help but to tell you everything. But you'll just like, you'll text everything and then she just won't answer her phone or nothing. She'll be like, well, first she'll let you know that she's dying. She's like, I'm dying. <laughs> I didn't do that to anybody. <laughs> when I come out of it, I'll talk to you guys soon. I That's not what I do. I'm going to the dark end. <laughs> and I'll call her and then she'll be like, no, I just am so sad right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, just talk about it. And she's like, nah, I'll tell you when I get my thoughts together. When I have it together in my head of what actually is happening, I'll tell But I'm, I'm not secret. You just won't say anything. So I don't want to hear that. 
and you know it. I'm like, I died. <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> and uh, and that was th- and that was three years ago that that happened. Like what? <laughs> anyway, shifting gears a little bit. Dennis, you do not Dennis, have to be this goddamn how quiet. How are you? I know. I'll, I'll, Welcome to Around the Week. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, this. He this, knows me. Dennis has seen my crazy. Yeah, no, this is America right here. Like you just, your whole experience. That's I think that's the American experience right now. Oh, like wow. that whole spiral, the feeling alone, the feeling like home is not home when you mm. thought it was home. The, mm. Like everything you're going through is like, that's what America is doing right now. So when I think of home, I think it's like, <laughs> but also getting help. Right. And so I think like the narrative that we are alone is a narrative that's convenient when we want to be a victim. But well, I'm about to curse him out. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to go there. I'm about to curse him out. And thank no, you for joining no. us, Dennis. I'm dang, you know, <laughs> it's all love. I'm just, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Jade of all Jades came and, you know, took care of you. Why and you Tina came through. That? <laughs> 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 See, my sister came yesterday, came through with mad food for me. It was just that in the, I'm not saying I am alone. I'm saying in no. that moment of me crawling on the floor, almost oh, going yeah, to the no, bathroom the on valid. myself, Absolutely. I was like, whoa, 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 shorty, you mad single. You ain't got no help. And you don't even have a crutch. L- literally, I needed a crutch, a cane or something. Mm. But no, I'm not alone. Yes, I know that, Dennis. Okay. I'm glad you know it. You got me. All right, shifting gears. Um, I want to take this time. I know we're late because this comes out on Thursdays. But Monday was World Teachers Day. And I just want to shout out. Dennis is a teacher. I just want to shout. Sorry. (laughs) I just want to shout out all of the teachers grinding, teaching their babies, trying to take care of their babies and whoever the fuck else during COVID on these ghetto ass Zoom calls. It is such a feat, and I we appreciate y'all. And I really appreciated y'all when I saw this Zoom call of this, I think it was the third grade. <laughs> that, that poor baby, first of all, it was, it was. The, the baby wasn't dressed either. <laughs> no, the baby wasn't dressed. The baby was in the Zoom, like, not dressed. The other baby below him was asleep, like, not <laughs> out asleep. And then the mama came through. She was getting something out the hamper or something, butt-ass naked. And the teacher was like, ah, Charvay, turn your camera off. Turn your camera off. And then mama to her, she looked, and then she just ran her ass off. And I was like... This is the education that these poor kids are receiving. <laughs> is that or your mom teaching you? I mean, you're in trouble either way. But these poor teachers, what they have seen, it's too much. It's too yeah. much. So I just, uh, they don't get paid enough. Shout out to Amanda, our friend who is a yes. teacher. What grade does she teach? I don't know what she taught. Third, I think. And she, she sent a picture today. Did you see the picture that she had no. today? Where I guess you can show on a split screen the work and then the teacher can kind of like outline the problem to kind of circle and accentuate, you know, where the attention should be. And she had an assistant teacher outlining everything and just straight drew a penis and balls. (laughs) You're lying. You got to look at my Instagram. 
You got a shirt. Look at that. That's she just hers. sent it. <laughs> yeah. Amanda goes. <laughs> Wait. Assistant. <laughs> Who did that? It's just a ball of penis. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> uh, Who did that? Yeah, this is who you Oh, my it's God. Childish. childish and insubordinate. <laughs> <laughs> That is not her classroom. That cannot be. Yes, it is. <laughs> Who's the teacher? Teach? I don't know, child. Y'all asking questions that are irrelevant. What grade is this? I don't know, but she was cracking me up with that. <laughs> she said, well, he did it too. I let my assistant teacher. He did everything too. Okay, listen, I let my assistant teacher teach a math class today and he couldn't control the mouse on the whiteboard. It's really hard to circle things and draw on there. He accidentally ended up doing this. This is the Get it up again. <laughs> no. I hate it here, yo. I really do. We are alone in this world. We're not going to make it. <laughs> He did this shit on purpose. You know, he needs to be fired. Because it's little it's little dots on the balls, too. That's how you know he did it on purpose. It's hair on the balls. Uh, that's beautiful. Anyway. Ah! Shout oh, out to you. If we're using the Zoom, stay closer to the Zoom. All right. Something that's not... So I, should we even talk? We should. Something that is not very funny... It's that Christy Teigen and John Legend shared mm. that they lost their child. And that's very sad. And they, she shared it. She was very open on social media. Um, they were greeted with an outpouring of love and support. But, of course, there was also plenty of negative commentary on social media where the users accused them of oversharing in order to seek attention. And... I think it's really interesting because Robin Williams' daughter, uh, Zelda Williams, she came to their defense and she said, however someone chooses to grieve publicly or privately is valid in capital letters. Grief will will fill the room if you let it and spill out every window and door. Let people grieve however they choose, not however you believe they should, and hope that the world returns that favor to you one day. And I just thought it's crazy because when she posted it, I thought people are gonna people are gonna say that she's trying to seek attention. I knew that they were gonna do that. I felt so badly for her, and I knew that in all of this sorrow, like she had to. I believe she had. To, she was holding a baby, so I believe she had to give birth to a stillborn child. Like that is traumatic, and you think your fucking opinion matters. So they had been super, she had been super, like every single day she had like 17 stories talking about what she was eating while she was pregnant, Mm -hmm. explaining that she was bleeding, she was bedridden and like documenting day to day what was happening in her life. So why wouldn't all of a sudden, I I guess it could have just gone blank and had no explanation as to why, but I just feel like it's very, that's, that's how she's always been. That's, yeah. that's who she is. Like, but but even if she wasn't, why why are we policing people's grief now, Dennis? I mean, when have we not policed people's grief? Oh God! Especially yeah. black women's or women of color's grief, right? And so, 
You know, I, I wonder if John Legend came forward without Chrissy Teigen, if the response would have been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it was someone like, I don't know, Christina Applegate, that was a random person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she ain't, she ain't got nothing to do with this. <laughs> 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 Leave that lady alone. Super random. Uh, but, you know, I you know I, I think- He was like, uh, insert Black white woman. name here, insert white name here. <laughs> it's the first thing that popped in. But I, yeah, I, you know, I, I think we are, we're always policing how, how people should grieve and, you know, what that should look like, especially when they're Black bodies. Um, you know, Mind your fucking business. You know, we can't be angry. We can't be depressed. We can't do any of the stages other than acceptance. We have to jump right to acceptance. And that's not a that's not realistic. What um, are the stages? Or hiding it. Or just like hiding it as well. Like, oh, nothing happened. It's um, what are stages? Stages are denial, uh, anger, bargaining, depression bargaining. and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so we can't do any of that, at least not on a public stage and not privately. Our families don't let us do it either. You got to go right to acceptance. Um, And we see it when a black body is killed by the police. You have to right away apologize and be forgiving. And that's not it's just not realistic. It's just not a realistic thing. Oh, if you didn't just segue the shit out of that, baby. Mm -hmm. Politics as usual. Jonathan Price. Mm. Talk about it. A black man was fatally shot, murdered, I would say, by the by a police officer at a gas station in Wolf City, Texas, Saturday night. And witnesses say that it happened while Jonathan Price was attempting to intervene a domestic like dispute. And according to the man's family, he was a city worker who was beloved in his community. Uh, but what makes this story even more tragic is that just months before the shooting, he spoke out in support of the police and social media. Ciao. And they killed that man. And I, they had, they had shared his a bunch of his social media stuff, and he was like, he was a good man. He was out here. I mean, I ain't date him, but he was out here, you know, like volunteering here and volunteering there and always mentoring this kid and that kid and like just somebody trying to help and you kill him 31 Mm. i believe 31 years old Mm. i I saw that and i think i don't know i i I saw a report saying that he was walking away and he wasn't even oh yeah the the police officer is already saying that he grabbed he went for my taser Like, where's the, fo- like, bruh, where's the footage? And also, why you ain't just tase him? He did, that man didn't go for his taser. Stop it. I'm curious to know where he was shot. I'm curious to know all of that. Was it in his back? Was it like, what, what happened? I want to know. Hmm. Like, wh- wh- uh, help me make sense of it. Have they arrested this police officer? Uh, I don't know. Do we know? I don't think so yet. I don't know. Was he on, on administrative leave? He's uh, he's definitely on administrative leave. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, you're. I mean, I, I and I don't want us to get to a point where we're hopeless, right? Where we're like, there's nothing we can do because that narrative stresses me out too. And it's like we can't eat, we can't sleep, we can't this, and it's like it's true. <laughs> But it's also, I don't want that to prevent us from living. You know? 
it, it scares me. It's like, we got to, that's the, that's the superpower of ours. We can grieve and we got to feel, but like, I don't want us to, I don't, I don't want us to get to a place where like, we stop everything. That's what they want. I don't think that's possible. I don't know. You don't have to worry about that. Why don't you think it's possible? I just don't think you can, they can stop everything. I just don't think that that's, that's possible. You don't think that, I don't know. I I actually don't understand what you mean. I don't know. I mean, I don't mean literally, but I mean, like, I just know that like this shit can be debilitating. It's traumatic. And like people, you could be just afraid to just walk to the fucking store at this point in a certain neighborhood. If it's when you're not surrounded by people who you feel comfortable with, who look like you, who understand you. I mean, there's certain places in this country. I mean, I used to shit when I used to go to, to some of these spots for work, I used to be like, fuck like Provo, Utah, like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Yeah. BYU, all that shit. You'd be like, it's different. Like we living in these cities, but oh, I feel I know. for these. Even just going to Ithaca, I was like, whoa. Right. Liz. It's so different. And I think about that often when I'm like, I'm in a bubble though. But it's different, but it's the same. Like when were those places not those pl- When was America not America? When was death and violence and discarding black bodies ever not yeah. a thing, if not more prevalent? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we're I, gonna be well. I say we're gonna be okay, but as, you know, as long as there's the younger generation got us, I mean, because younger people are just going some fuck it. You're not gonna tell me, you know what I mean? It's, there's a reason that the Black Panthers were 18 when they started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when we get older, you know, we start to have things to lose and their stakes, and and we start to think about what what you know our families in a way. But the younger mm-hmm. generation is like, I got nothing to lose. I'm self-centered in this bitch and I want what I want and you're not going to tell me. Um, so I think we're going to be all right because the younger generation got us. Now, the older generation, I see us getting apathetic. I see us, I, at least I see it on social media, which, you know, is the ghetto. But So you can't really it go by that. It is the ghetto. <laughs> you know what else is the ghetto? Mm. Or was the ghetto? The mm. motherfucking debate. <sighs> I know this is late. I was actually going to do, if I hadn't spiraled out of control the way that I did, I was going to do a bonus debate episode, but I couldn't even get around to do that because then the motherfucker hit us with, I got COVID and it was a whole other spectacle. And it was like, yo, as as soon as one shit show is done, another one starts and you can never quite get your bearings. And that was what the debate was. He was trying to make sure that Joe Biden could never get his bearings. And even the boy, Chris Wallace, even the moderator, he was like, none of y'all going to get your bearings. I'm going to talk over all of you. I'm going to act a rank ass fool up here. I'm going to spit nothing but lies. You can't fact check me in real time. And that's it. Because I am a celebrity. I am a reality star. And I know how to work the system. I know how this works. And my supporters are going to love me. You want to know why? Because they see bullying as strength and power. And that is what America is. Bully these motherfuckers and get it done. Bulldoze our way through. And that's all it was. And Joey over there was fucking child. Every time he stutters, and I'm not hating on people to stutter, but every time he stutters, it gives it, it made my heart sink because I knew 
that people were going to use that against him. And I knew mm-hmm. that Trump was getting to him. And I knew it was just like, fuck. And Joe didn't do great. But he, I, I mean, it depends on who you ask. If you ask a Trump supporter, he probably looked weak. He probably looked this. He probably looked that. If you ask me, he, he child, he, 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 like he really showed so much restraint. Trump talking about his fucking son. I came across that fucking table, yo. Like, who you talking to? They don't, we don't do that where I'm from. Like, what are you, why are you talking about my child who's dead? What are you doing? What's wrong with this guy? And the fact that people are okay with it, it's like, wow, maybe this shit really does just need to fall apart. And because we are like unworthy. This is a hot ass mess. I was so disheartened. After that debate, I said this, and and every and 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 anyone with a brain was too. It was like, even the commentators were like, that was the most ghetto. They didn't say ghetto. They was like, what did they say? That was a hot mess. He said that he was like, he was like a garbage on, a, on fire. <laughs> like, that was a shit show in a garbage can set on fire. But it, like, it was horrible. It was such a horrible look, and it just. On the world stage, we look like a ghetto. Just I can't. Trump is the ghetto. Trump is the most ghetto president. He's the ghetto. I'm not. I just. I was like, yeah. Uh, anybody else? Had, did anybody watch it? I was horrified. I was aghast. Dennis, did you watch it? Did you watch I did watch it. I did watch it. You know, it's fine. You know, save yourself the trauma. It was, it was a mess. I think that, you know, I, I felt uh, empathetically for Joe. Cause I, I know with that, I'm, I'm similar when I'm trying to keep my cool and not get angry. And so every time he laughed, I was like, I know what that laughter is. I know he wanted to punch him in his fucking mouth. Yeah. Because yeah. Joe has popped off in the past. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. People people keep looking at Joe like Joe. he's a chump. Joe got a temper on him. Yes, he does. Uh, and Joe, that laugh was, <laughs> I'm going to kill somebody up here. <laughs> okay, guys. I think he should have just spit on him at the one point. Like, just, oh, like, shut the Damn. fuck up. For real, because it's that despicable. And then this dude is talking about he got COVID. Now, I mean, I at first I was like, this is a publicity stunt. This is ridiculous. And now why I'm just would like, it be a publicity stunt? I'm trying to understand why people are like, this, gonna, is a, this is a hoax. Because he's going to beat it. He's oh. selling fucking coins saying Trump beat. He's selling merchandise called like Trump beats COVID. He's 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 came out That's there. So, so painful for the for the families that lost. People Could you imagine? COVID. That's over so t- over two hundred thousand Americans are dead. On, I mean, even worldwide. God damn. And so seven fifty. Did you did you see what seven fifty said recently? What? He said that. He's not going to uh, okay any stimulus package. Yes, yes. I was getting yes. He wins. He so said, after y'all vote I for, win. After y'all vote for me, then y'all get y'all, y'all get a little coin. Your little dogs. I'll throw you a treat. What kind Excuse? of extortion? This I mean that, this nigga it's is. The, this is this is <laughs> he's he's running this shit like he ran real estate, like he like shit happens, like mobster shit in New York. He's a fucking gangster. 
That's how he's running this shit. And he's like, I dare you to, I dare you to even try me. I dare you to try me. And I didn't pay my taxes and I'm not going to. And I'm not going to leave the White House peacefully and you're not going to lock me up for none of the shit that I did. You're chalked. That's what he's saying to us. I mean, the man sat there in front. I'm going to get off of this because it's making me angry. But the man sat there in front of blank pieces of paper. This is the other shit that is mind boggling. This is 2020. We got cameras that can zoom. We got 4K in this bit. Like, we can zoom into your shit and see he's sitting at a table at Walter Reed Hospital with blank pieces of paper in front of him, signing his autograph, like his signature with a Sharpie, acting like he's doing work. It was a staged photo and you zoom in on the fucking, on the, on the paper and it's blank. It's literally Xerox paper that he's just scribbling his fucking name on. What are you doing, my guy? And why would, what president is just sitting there like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm just taking some notes right now. Like y'all don't got no laptops. This is silly. What are we doing? And then on top of that, you joyride around the motherfucker, put secret service agents at risk because you want to wave to your supporters while you have COVID. Then you came out because you you brought your dumb ass home early and you came out and you were waving to people from the little balcony and you took your mask off. Just blowing the airborne, blowing it in the wind. What, what is happening? that we're this is a this is a real this is a reality show. this is the worst reality show ever like i'm i don't know i don't i don't know how to, i think this is probably why i'm acting crazy because i'm like i don't i can't understand how people are not None of it is real it's but it's so real it's so fucking real and people still like i'm still arguing people in comments talk about well i ain't voting for none of them all right you got it king you dumbass good luck to all of us mm. oh this is one of these episodes baby enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> gotta... watching you that whole entire time i just uh you should be on tv you should be no, like I can't in because a my vocabulary is limited no you did great like, you did wonderful i would be like just... she keeps calling it the ghetto <laughs> <laughs> She's offending Black America. And I'd be like, see, that's the problem right there. Y'all think the ghetto is Black. It's not. I'm telling you right now, it's not. It's very white. It's a very white place, the ghetto. Anyway, anybody else have any more thoughts about the white trash ghetto? (laughs) That's white trash. Trump is white trash. He's the white. And and then fuck Instagram because Instagram decided because I wrote Trump was white trash after the debate and they took my fucking post down and threatened to kick me off Instagram. I said Instagram (laughs) apparently white trash is a is a uh, you know a trigger word. Derogatory word. That shit. They they be like they. I mean when I tell you they sussed that out in seconds. I said but Mm -hmm. y'all can't. Y'all can't tell me who killed Pac. Can't tell me nothing else. But you can see that I, I wrote white trash on a fucking... It wasn't even a timeline post. It was a story. I said, you monitoring stories like that, my guy? Wow. They let our death be played over and over again in a loop, though. Hello? Say it again. You know, they'll let our deaths and us murdered by the uh, police be played over and over and over again without any... Nothing. No censor. No so trigger white trash. Warning. White trash is more offensive 
white trash is offensive, baby. What? And you want to know what's funny? I have white people to listen to this podcast, and I bet you I'm going to get a DM about it. And it'll probably be a fucking family member. I can't. Okay. <clears throat> On another note, <laughs> we are very happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. Oh, I am happy about this. <laughs> We are very happy to announce that Love Lavender Shea has decided to continue to offer Around the Way Curls listeners not 10%, but 15% off each purchase. That makes me so happy with the code AROUND. And 15% of each purchase will be donated to Girls Going Global, which is an initiative that they support. And so we spoke to, her name is Taylor. We spoke to the founder and the owner of this company. And she said that y'all looked out with our post. She said that y'all have been purchasing things. And listen, I want you to continue to do that shit. They are travel size. Put it in your purse. People are walking around ashy. It's unacceptable. The winter months are coming. Coming. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Also, my birthday is coming up. I would very much like for my birthday for everyone that listens to Around the Way Curls to buy one thing from Love Lavender Shea. That would make me really happy because we would support a young Black woman doing her fucking thing. Okay? So let's put our money where our mouths, mouths are and let's support yes. Taylor Young and Love Lavender Shea because you don't want to be Ashay. Yes, Ashe. Oh, Ashe. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Does Love Lavender have men products or is it just, is it for everyone? It's, it's unisex. It's unisex. Bro, you, okay. can't put, you can't put shea butter on your body? Let me see your elbow. Oh, it's shea, it's shea Let me see elbows. your elbow. All right. Well, they elbows. are right. They are right. I think. Yeah. They are right. No, she had, she... I think she has a she has a bunch of stuff. Oh, and she's doing a giveaway. That's I forgot. She's doing a giveaway for Around the Way Curls listeners. Uh, she just told me today what's going to be in that giveaway box. And if I keep stalling, I'll be able to pull up that email. Give me one second. Give me one second, guys. It's coming. Where is it? Okay. In the giveaway box, there we there will be the Super Cleanser Face Wash, the Even Skin Toner, the Simply Shea Butter, the Island Dream Butter, and her new Calming Oat Mask. I'm excited. I actually want that box, but, you know, that would be cheating. But the, the way that you're going to qualify for the box is that we're going to post a post on our timeline so look out for that and then we're going to ask you a question you're going to respond to the question and then we're just going to randomly choose someone as the winner whoever answers the question in the way that we feel is the best response and listen everything is subjective these days sorry (laughs) but you also the, the way that you qualify is you have to follow us you have to comment under the post and then you also have to follow her Yes. That's it. Super easy. The post probably won't come until next week because we want to give people a chance to listen to this episode and actually hear that we're doing this giveaway. We will promote it. But again, please support Taylor Young and Love Lavender Shea. They're doing wonderful things. I have my Love Lavender Shea right here. And my favorite is that Island Dream show. But I, Island you know Dream. What? Yaman. Yaman. Oh, no. We lost a couple of listeners. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. 
Um, Taylor, I'll give you my back. Oh my god! All right. Well, that was not okay, and I we will. <laughs> I wish I could do a Caribbean accent with everything in me. She said, "Yaman." <laughs> do it again. Yaman. Yeah. <laughs> That's so upsetting. All right, y'all. So we're gonna take a break. We, I think we need one. And when we come back, we're gonna be back with Dennis Allen, and we're gonna be talking about <laughs> Dennis. Are you okay? <laughs> Dennis is like y'all bitches depressed me. Dennis is gonna talk though, because I'm gonna make him talk. Yeah, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> Dennis is gonna come back. He's gonna tell us about what his definition of fuckboys are. He's gonna talk about how he's reformed himself. He's gonna talk about. How he knew that my sister was the one. How he knew he was ready to settle down. Oh, how he decided that he's free in love. Oh, that's don't what even know what about. that means. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So... Antoinette has always, since the time that she has known you, Dennis, spoke highly of you. She's very, very happy that Tina, her sister, is coupled with you. She's impressed by the way that you've handled the crazy. Y'all relationship, how you have, you know, um, held her. And engaged with her and married this family, her. This family, the crazy. So I was surprised to learn that you were a reformed fuckboy. Like to me, I, I never got that energy from you. Um, and so when Antoinette told me that, I was like, yeah, I don't know. He's but not she, a typical one. Then that's. Okay, we'll we'll go all into it. But, you know, I think if you've been listening and you have been listening to Around the Way Curls podcast, we are really like on a journey to dive deep into and explore and talk about relationships and men and men's relationship with their own emotions and kind of Mm. how that affects relationships with women and 
us directly and deeply, um, whether that be our partners, you know, friends, fathers, um, that's something that we're constantly talking about. And we have yet to bring <laughs> a nigga on the show to talk about it. We're just bashing <laughs> and hypothesizing, but- Never bashing. We're here now um, to explore and talk about this with you. And thank you for being here. No, absolutely. I'm curious. How do y'all define a fuckboy? You're not going to ask us questions. <laughs> I'm nope. going to ask you questions? That's well, it's how, important. See though. how he does? See how important. he does. That's, it's an, I think it's important <laughs> to establish for the listeners. One. That that's is, the real, you know, boom. that's the real <laughs> trickery right there. All um, right. But we still going to answer, right? <laughs> I define it by... dishonesty and like wearing that being unashamed about it and like mm. almost like proud of the ways in which you are able to manipulate and like get out of like mm. being honest being open being vulnerable you know um going deep with somebody mm. and so i guess Damn, I've always dated a <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Realizations for around the way girls. <laughs> Damn. I don't I think that, No, I don't think I don't think that I think that is a type of fuckboy. But I think Yeah, I guess I, the uh, fuck boy that that is definitely a type. I think there's different levels of fuckboy. Okay. And at the at the at the at the level, I think that there's fuckboys that do not intentionally try to hurt anyone, and those are the ones that like you gotta watch out for a little bit because you can see the, the the players or this or that. And I don't think that's what Dennis was. I don't know, but I don't think that's what he was. I think that there are fuckboys that bear their soul, right? That are super open and seemingly emotionally intelligent, but. I think that there's a fuckboy thing where they know that they know that there are women around them that want something back in return for their company. And there are some men that are like, you ain't never getting that from me. But you and I had a you and I have an understanding. So like you said it was cool. And there's a lot of men that are like, you know that shit ain't cool with her. You know she working to try to get you to change your mind. You know that she wants some more. And Dennis is a dope man. And I feel like <laughs> that that could have possibly so been like just a baseline <laughs> of dishonesty though like yeah, a baseline yeah. of like dishonesty whether it's blatant or subtle right i don't yeah. think he was like oh i'm playing these bitches <laughs> no yeah, but, yeah. But, but i feel like there's an awareness to it right it's not like a it, you're not you know you know that you're not being honest and you're continually making the choice to lie or string somebody along or take advantage of or like there's a deliberate I'm going to continue lying to this person mm. or mis or misleading them, misleading, misleading yeah. them or using them yes. or whatever it definitely there's definitely a dishonesty I don't think I was ever um I, I never got high off of like being a player. That, that wasn't my thing. Um, but I definitely was dishonest. Um, and so I guess there's a spectrum to fuckboyism. And so, you know, I, I definitely fell within the spectrum of being a fuckboy. 
for sure. Um, and, you know, uh, it's a 2020 hindsight, as they say, in 2020. Uh, so, so looking back, it's one of those things where um, I don't think I was, would be able to have my wife um, if I didn't look back and, say, and admit that, oh, I'm a fuck boy. And if I really want what I want, um, then I'm going to have to reform myself. Uh, so I, yeah, it's, uh, I was a fuckboy, Shanti. I was, I was absolutely a fuckboy. Um, I absolutely got, um, but I was one, I think I was, I, the, the way that I was um, and the story, the narrative that I told myself, and, and I think there's, there's, there's three ways, at least in my personal journey. I don't know how other fuckboys get into it. I'm not here to talk about other men, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of my journey, I would say, you know, three is a perfect number. So we're going to say three. I think, you know, society obviously played a role, um, you know, white supremacy, capitalism, heteropatriarchy plays a role in all men's lives, like especially black men's lives. Um, and so that played a role. Then my, my family legacy um, played a role, which I had to look into it for me to reform, I had, um, which is something that we don't usually look into because everybody, there's so many secrets. Um, all families, but black families, no, we don't talk about, we don't talk about the child, uh, the extra kid that uh, on the side, we don't talk about the family until the funerals and everybody shows up and is like, well, who's that? Um, it's one of those things that I think I had to look at that. And then I had to look at my own personal narrative, um, which is also tied to the family legacy in a way, but um, the way that the narrative played out, I, I, I leaned into the narrative that was me being somewhat of a victim. Um, so I'll start there, right? So my very first, my very first, first girl that I had sex with, I lost my virginity when I was 13. Um, uh, I don't recommend it, boys and girls, just for anyone listening. 13 is way too young. Uh, but I had friends who were losing their virginity at 11 and 12. So um, I was late to the party uh, with the circles that I was running in. Um, but I lost my virginity at 13. And so that's, uh, that's who we'll say is my first love, or at least I thought was my first love. And she moved away that summer, that same summer that I lost my virginity, she moved away. Uh, she moved to Virginia. You know who you are. Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried to do the long distance thing, but at 14 year olds trying yeah, to do yeah. long distance. It's rough. I know. You already know. You already know. That's not going to work. You wouldn't even know cell phones back then. Yeah. No, no cell phones. I mean, listen, it was written. It was all written letters. It was all the oh. United States Postal Service, which they're trying to get rid of. Different podcast. So, um, and so I got on the phone, you know, and I was like, I don't think it's going to work. This is. I got up my courage and I was like, this is not going to work. This long distance thing isn't going to work. And she cried and she cried and she, well, and she was like, no, don't break up with me. Stay with me. Don't break up with me. Stay with me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay with you. Cool. We're going to make it work. We'll make it work. Maybe I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. We're going to, I'm going to try to make it work. Even though that's not what I wanted. Mm. We're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And about mm, maybe a month into making it work, she hits me up like, yeah, I found somebody else. So we got to break up. And I was like, what? And so in that point, the narrative that I got, the message that I got was one, my feelings don't matter in relationships. Um, and, and so whenever I'm in a relationship, my feelings don't matter. The other person 
feelings don't matter and that I'm disposable. Um, and so at a whim, anyone can get, ri get rid of me, right? And so that's the narrative I'm walking through life at 14, 15, 16, 17, all the way through. Um, so we'll just, we'll just put a cap in that, that narrative. So this is what I'm, I'm walking into. So I find myself pathology wise, getting into relationships where I just wanna figure out who we are. Let's have fun as they say, or let's date. And then the girl and or woman would be like, well, I, I want this to be monogamous. And I'd be like, I mean, that's not what we walked into. That's not what we agreed upon. But I guess I owe it to you because we enjoy each other's company. We've had sex. And so, sure. Like, literally, I would get into relationships like, sure, why not? Now, the danger of that was then eventually what happens was there was this resentment that built up that I wasn't recognizing, I can recognize now talking about it in hindsight, but there was this resentment of being in a relationship that I didn't really want to be in mm -hmm. and doing it for the other person. And so what would happen was I would find once, you know, any sort of static or any relationship woes would come into play, I would find the other girl, I would find someone else to fulfill, you know, to, to make, I always, there was always someone other, um, even if it wasn't physical, there was always someone else that I was either on the phone with or I was talking to or having sex with, depending on the relationship, right? That the person that I was with didn't know about, right? And so there's the lies. And there also is the shame cycle because I know I'm lying. I know I'm talking to this person about things that I shouldn't be talking about. I know I'm flirting. I know I'm doing all these things and I feel ashamed about it, but I know I can't go to my partner because I don't have the courage to be like, hey, I don't think this is gonna work. And so that cycle kept playing out over and over and over again. And, and hence, I was a fuckboy. Mm. I, was, I was a fuckboy. Um, and so then, I, you know, to add on societal, um, one, being held accountable really isn't what men are. We, we're not held accountable. Um, women, uh, because, of, because of patriarchy, women would approach me as someone that they as a, they would objectify me, right? This is how patriarchy works, right? They would objectify me in the way of, I'm going to fix him. He's, he's going to be the one that change, that I change and we're gonna, we're gonna be together. Um, and then I, now he is, my, he is my idol. See, he changed for me. And I would feel that, I would know it, I would know it. But I, and so again, I'd feel resentful like, you don't really want to get to know me. You just, you're just with me because this looks good on paper. I got parents that are together. They've been together for multiple years. I got a nice home. I'm from Long Island. I speak well. I'm, I'm going to college. I don't have kids, right? I'm checking off all the boxes. Um, and so, and I knew I checked off the boxes and I think I got high off of that. Um, also, I have an emotional intelligence that most people don't have. And I played into that, which was also in my fuckboy uh, isms. Right. So I, I knew that I would get high off being able to fix people, to be able to let you see your trauma and, and talk to you about what the pathology of your family is. Um, and though I wasn't actively looking like I want to be Captain Save a Hole, I definitely got high off of it. Um, and so that definitely fed into my my fuckboyisms as well. So anyway. I see wow. y'all looking intently. Wow, <laughs> Dennis. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I'm sitting here like, oh my God, this is the person of me married my sister. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Very honest. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of that, since we're talking about marrying your sister, before we uh, got together, um, and actually we got together in the cycle that I had, I had been playing out. So I was in a relationship. Um, she was not at the time, but that's when we started courting each other and flirting and sending the texts. So it's the same. You, was, you were friends. You was, yeah, Dennis we were was around. We were friends, we were I didn't realize for, that for years. We were friends for like years. five, four, five yeah. years before. Dennis was at birthdays up. and stuff. I didn't realize. Yeah. You didn't remember me. That's okay. I, 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 I remember you. That's I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up at that one party. <laughs> we was dancing together and everything. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. I'm it the was worst. Fun, though. Oh, oh, that was a fun party. Um, and I met your your boyfriend at the time when you were doing American uh, American Girls. I think. Oh, uh, shout out to you. you know who you are. Yeah, We're not going to say no names. Yeah, he was really insecure. American Girls. The little yeah. drummer boy, Shanti. Yeah, he was really insecure. <laughs> I felt bad for him. <laughs> You no. were too much. You were we're too not much gonna do that. Let's go. Okay, I'm just saying you're just you're just too big for him. He couldn't handle it. I didn't even know you, and I was like, mm, that ain't gonna work. Um <laughs> no way that was gonna work. Uh but yeah, anyway, back on topic. I just uh I had to um so for a while after we physically your sister and I physically engaged each other. While, I was still While you were still in a relationship. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. that she knew about. Yeah, she did. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Y'all know if my sister was. Is she going to chill take put this on the air like that? Oh, God. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you make a you make a good point, but oh, I think God. the way that we entered into the relationship um, and what was important was that we both have an addiction to shame. Um, and both of our families have addictions to shame and it, uh. over and over and again. And so um, the way that we knew to move forward was we're, we're not going to let shame enter into our relationship. Right. And so I'm not going to sit here and act like I was single and it was the perfect relationship. That, that wasn't my journey. And honestly, I don't know anyone who hasn't have doesn't have a messy story at some point in time in their relationship. Sometimes I literally don't know. Anyone. I Sometimes literally don't know. In anyone. the gray area. <laughs> Um, and so I think part of part of the problem is that we sell this we sell this dream of the perfect relationship where everything goes perfect and nobody ever cheats and nobody ever lies and nobody makes a mistake and we dehumanize each other to to a point where it's going to absolutely fail as soon as that human being shows up because they're going to show up in some way or form because who's not traumatized? Mm-hmm. You can't be in America and not be traumatized. You can't be in a black body and not be traumatized. You can't be a woman and or a man in America and not be traumatized. And so that trauma is going to play out to you the closest proximity, right? Mm. It's the reason that black on black crime is, is a bullshit thing because it's about proximity. Mm-hmm. So the person you're closest to is the person you're going to hurt, right? So I don't term- think my sister, I think that there was an arrangement in your relationship though. What do you mean? I, I do want to see... I think that there was an arrangement in your relationship before my sister that she was under the impression that this was open. And oh, that's why yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yes. So she wasn't on no like, well, fuck her. Oh, like, no, 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 no. That, that wasn't. Yes. Just yeah, for the no, listeners. No, no. Just for the listeners. No, it, it was. Because if y'all come for my sister, I will fuck you up. But it, was a quote, unquote, it was a quote unquote open relationship. Right. I wasn't supposed to be with anyone within our industry. 
Got you. That was the rules. And I broke those rules (laughs) multiple times. Right. And so, again, um, me being able to tell the story to get myself off the hook is like, oh, well, I'm in a relationship, but I'm not telling you about the people I'm with um, because you say you don't want to know, but I know you want to know, but Mm. you say you don't want to know. Right. And that was the dance we were playing with uh, myself and this, this young lady. Um, shout out to you. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so continue. Um, so, yeah. So I think uh, there was definitely overlap um, and we came to the point. And so we're going to share, I'm going to share this story. This is when I thought what I was going to fuck Dennis up, I think. We Go came ahead. to the point where we decided we were going to stop We, you know, we were friends Um that was mutual, Dennis? Yes, it was mutual. It was like, we're going to stop. And we stopped. And there, was a, and there was a text saying, this is it, we're done. And the this is it, we're done was the text that was found. Mm, the ghetto. Right? Because the universe, is, because the universe is like, what, no, you're, not Dennis? Getting, you're not getting away. Done what? <laughs> um, and so I was asleep on the floor and she said, wake up. And I was like, huh, what, what? I got the passcode to your phone and I said, "Uh uh-oh, well, because, you know, y'all always know, you know, you sense it, Uh, behaviors change and, you know, you know, when someone's, someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so she was absolutely right, but she found the text was, which was the, we can't do this no more text. And so I was at a crossroads and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of lying. So, so bear it all. All right, this is what I did. I did X, Y, Z. I'm sorry. Um, there was tears and snot bubbles and, you know, um, and we thought we were going to try to work it out. Again, I didn't want to work it out. Mm. I knew I didn't want to work it out, but I was still playing that same pathology. And my like, sister knew you didn't want to work it out and she in her did, heart. absolutely knew that. If, um, but, this was when I thought I was going to fuck Dennis up. And so... My, uh, your sister and I could not be friends during this time because you absolutely can't be friends anymore with the with the, with the with the other woman, um, and so we weren't in contact for a, a, a long time. Uh, well, a, a few months actually, um, and in those months, I came to the conclusion that it wasn't going to work with the with the girl I was with at the time, uh, and so I broke up with her, and your sister. The time that I spent with your sister, um, the friendship and definitely when we got closer, uh, opened me up in a way that I had never felt before. And I couldn't ignore that. But I also knew that I couldn't come to her as the person I was. And so I had to have a reckoning um, in terms of what is this thing that I keep playing out over and over again. And I remembered uh, in a conversation that I had with my mother, uh, maybe at least seven years uh, back uh, when I had broken up with my first girlfriend, my first long-term girlfriend that I met at Hampton University. Shout out to Hampton University. We're supposed to have a homecoming right now, but COVID shut that shit down. Um, You know, so my, you know, we were together for four years. My mother got close with her and, you know, I ended up, you know, cheating on this girlfriend. Uh, it, It had been my pathology is what I did. This is why we broke up. And I remember admitting it to my mother and her saying something along the lines of just like your father. Now I had not known anything about any infidelities or anything mm. up until this point. 
And so four, four, four. Right. And so it's lemonade. Stuck, lemonade. And so it stuck with me, but I never inquired past that. Wow. I just let it live. Like, okay, just like my father, it hurt, but I guess there's something that hasn't been told. Wow. Um, and, and you didn't ask any questions. I didn't ask any questions. Pathology. I didn't ask any questions. Yes. I didn't ask any questions. Um, and so I was like, oh, I need to ask questions. Mm. I need to, I need to understand mm. how far back this goes. And mm. so first I asked my mother her experience. Um, I did not talk to my father, but my father's not the talking type. Um, but I did get the information. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I found out in my 30s that I might have a half brother or sister somewhere out there. Not because of infidelities, because when my father came back from Vietnam, he went to Hawaii and he got a girl pregnant and the girl's family was like, yeah, not with a nigger. Um, And so he left. She was pregnant. Nobody knows what happened. So my mother lived with the fear of somebody at some point would just knock on the door and be like, this is your baby. Um, I didn't wow. know the story, right? Um, there are all kinds of, you know, all kinds of stories that I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that my grandfather had um, side children and side families, multiple. Um, and so talking and to my father. On your father's side? Yeah, on my father's side, right? So this is on my father's side, right? And so now I've now traced my grandfather's infidelities. I know my father has been, uh, un- was unfaithful in the beginning of the marriage, Um and maybe when I was younger, um, timeline is off, but I know for a fact, you know, he, he definitely was, he was, he definitely cheated on my mother at some point. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so this is, this is, I learned, this is a learned behavior that I have to break. Um, and there was something about knowing that multiple men in the family had done this thing that helped me, that helped free me up. Right. Um, and I think that, that is the important thing in terms of making sure that transparency is there because if we don't know where we come from if we don't know what people are doing what their patterns are then we just feel like it's just us and when we feel like it's just us then we're just doomed to repeat it because there's there's no one to help us contextualize what these things we're feeling and what we're experiencing and that's the shame and that's the shame part right um which is i'm just i'm a bad person um i keep doing this thing i'm a bad person um, I'm a, I keep doing this thing. I, I don't deserve love. I keep doing this thing. I don't deserve to have what I, I want to have. And so I told myself the story that I told myself and your sister will confirm this um, in one of our conversations when we were just friends. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not meant to have, like be married and be monogamous because it just never works out for me. I was putting it out. So now instead of taking going in being like, what am I doing? that's counterintuitive um, and going against what it is that I actually want. I'm like, Oh, it's just the world. It's just, this is just who I am. The world's, I guess I just, I'm not meant to be as if it's some destined thing. Um, And so I had to really look in the mirror and be like, okay, you know, you want a family. Mm. Um, At this point, my parents have been together maybe 40, 40 years at this point, Um, 40, 42 years. Um, so there was a blueprint there. Um, I, I knew I wanted a wife. The one thing that I knew um, and the reason that I'm such a good partner is that even though I was a fuck boy, I was definitely dishonest. I, I, I treated 
everyone that I was with um, as as good as possible. Um, and I wanted I wanted to be like my goal was to be a good partner. So when I was with you, I was with you until I wasn't. Um, um, and then even the quote unquote side chicks, I would treat as good as possible. Right. Um, and so I knew I could be a good partner. I knew I had the skills. Um, I just had to break this this thing that I was doing over and over again that I couldn't put my finger on. I was like, oh, so my father did it. My grandfather did it. Cool. I need to look in the mirror and say, you're a liar. Right. And that's hard as fuck. It's 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 easy to talk about now, but it is hard to look at yourself and be like, you are a liar. Hmm. You lie. You're a liar. Um, And nobody wants to do that because we live in this black and white world where you're either good or bad. Right. And so if I'm a liar, then I'm a bad person. If I'm a bad person, then I don't deserve anything. Right. And right. so if you live in those binaries, there's no room to, to there's no room um, to live, to be a human. And I had to be like, OK, as a human, you are a liar. You lie to people you love. You hurt the people you love. You, I don't want to hurt people anymore. Um, and I want to be with this woman who has changed me in ways that I had never expected. So you need to stop being a liar. Um, and so I just made that commitment. Like I'm not lying anymore to the people that I love. And so at that point, it had been 30 plus years of, of lying in mm-hmm. one way or another, you know? Um, how old were you at this time? This time I was probably what? 36. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at this time I was 36. 36. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a long journey. And I think, again, talking about the the way the patriarchy works, I think, you know, I didn't have to grow up. Hmm. What do you mean by that? uh, You know, I I think men are expected to cheat. Mm. Men are expected to have multiple multiple people that, you know, it, it has become a culture, cultural hegemony. It has been become a norm to that people just say, well, you know, you know, men are men, boys are going to be boys, boys right? They're, boys. They're, they're these sayings that we put out there as if they're innate, right? But we're not spiders. We don't come out the womb knowing how to make a web. Like that's not how we work. We've been taught this. So anything that you learn, you can unlearn. Mm. Um, and so I had to unlearn how to be a fuck boy. Uh, I knew I knew what what it took because I knew what I was doing. I just didn't have I didn't I didn't put it into practice because I didn't have to. I mean I am uh, I'm. But uh, you felt compelled that you had to. I had to in this out situation. of your own inspiration. Out, out of, of your own inspiration, you it wasn't Tina wasn't like. No, we weren't even friends. We were even talking. Okay, so that yeah. was your out of your own inspiration. So I also hear like a lot. I I heard multiple times this pattern of, and I think it's really great because we like to vilify men, right, and be like, yeah. oh, because lying. I mean, lying is self betrayal as well, right? Like Beyonce said, when you lie to me, you lie to yourself. When Ring you hurt bell. me, you hurt Beyonce yourself. <laughs> Ring the bell. Child, but she said it. Those fucking lines is like, you oh. know, like you had these, you, you, I heard you saying how you betrayed yourself multiple times and like, oh, not wanting to be in a relationship, but you were in this relationship. So I wonder mm. 
how often or how you, because there's like these big, huge decisions that we make, Hmm. but it's the smaller decisions that we make that make that bigger decision possible. So Mm -hmm. did you find in other parts of your life, you were betraying yourself as well, you know, especially with men and like this performative thing of like, you got to be tough. You got to be hard. You got to be a provider. You got to be, you know, without any, for you, it's kind of like this legacy of like black excellence. Like, you know, you, you, you educated in, in leading in this, certain type of field do you find that there were that in many parts of your life there's these there's this constant like soft betrayals of yourself that make these bigger Absolutely. things like yeah what i do i lie I to myself I, yeah i think um i got the messaging early and then i ran with the narrative uh that i was too emotional and mm. that and being emotional made me weak Right. Wow. And so I have a father, um, you know, my father is the ultimate alpha male. Like if you think about, I mean, he was, he's a, he was a football star uh, in high school and college. He's an ex-Vietnam vet. Mm. Uh, he rode motorcycles. He has tattoos. He was a martial artist and he was a professional bodybuilder. Right. Mm. That's, that's, and then he was a corrections officer at Nassau County jail for over 20 years. Right. So that's who my father was. Me, I'm this young kid who cries at the drop of a dime. I cried about everything, uh, emotion. If I fell and got hurt, wouldn't cry. But if I felt like I disappointed you, if I felt like in my, if I got angry, if I got sad, didn't matter. He's I cried. A Libra, at the drop baby, of a dime. He's a Libra. You're a Libra. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah, Libra. It's Libra season, and so I, I mean, I cried at everything, and that crying, I felt weak. You felt um, weak, or you were told you were weak i think i was told i got the messaging that crying made me weak being too emotional and so for a long time i i tried to train myself to not cry and then but in training myself not to cry i trained myself not to feel any of the emotions Mm -hmm. um and so there would be moments where i would just black out uh because i wasn't expressing myself at all and so when something would happen i would black out and then in blacking out, I'd be like, oh, I lost control again. And so the cycle would continue, right? What do you mean by blacking out? Blacking out with a black out, like angry. blacking like out. Emotionally, okay. Like emotionally, yeah. I would black out. Like I would yeah. get so angry that I would just, you know, I would, mm. I would lose it. Mm-hmm. And then I would feel shame about losing it. Mm. And then it reinforced the, it reinforced the messaging that I was I so see how you and Tina got together. <laughs> I so see how y'all are like, for real, you do that too, for real? Yeah. Because I don't know that, Dennis. I've never seen that, Dennis. Well, yeah, it is is very rare. But Mm -hmm. And so you talk about the betrayal. You asked me about how I I betrayed myself. I think I betrayed myself because I denied my emotional self. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons that I I love Mike Tyson's journey so much. Um, He's like really like, uh, if you look at Mike Tyson's journey. um, Where is the documentary on Mike Tyson and his... Oh, it's, I mean, they, there are a couple. Yeah, there yeah. are a bunch of yeah, them. Oh, really? There are a bunch of them. Please um, send them to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. It's 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 a beautiful thing. Um, and, and so I think, you know, I got the messaging that I was weak, that I was too emotional, that I should be ashamed of being emotional. Um, and so um, 
I also, as a black man, I think my, my worth was in how tough I was, um, how hood I could be. Right. Um, I had shame about coming from a two parent home and, and being, and being taken care of. Um, this is crazy. Right. No, but yeah. I, I had shame about that. Like, yeah. I, you know, I would, I would be my friends. I'd be like, Oh man, I'm like, like I'd have nothing to, I have I no know struggle. My dad. <laughs> right. And, and the crazy thing is that we connect our blackness with struggle. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, if I'm I'm not struggling, then I'm not black, and I'm also and I'm definitely not, not a black man. It's, I'm not. I don't have. What am I? I yeah, what am, what I? am I? What is? I, what is yeah. my identity if I yeah. don't? Have, if I'm not hood or struggling or I can't fight, right? Um, because you know, there's this box, right? What What do we value in men? They They should be able to protect you. They should be able to provide, right? So you should be a protector. You should be able to provide. So you should. You need to have money, right? And mm-hmm. you need to have that good dick. Like that's it. At the end of the day, that's, what <laughs> that's, we, like, that's it. I don't, I don't see the problem. I don't. Where's well, what yeah, is I, the actual problem? Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> which is why I'm single. And continue. <laughs> and you know, and and this is not a, this. I say this. I say this with no ego. But I've been I've been blessed in terms of the way that I carry myself. Um, uh, the way that I learned to become a lover uh, and, you know, the way that I look. Uh, and so he I've had a privilege. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I can fuck you up and I put it down. <laughs> right. But not everybody has that. But <laughs> where's the problem? <laughs> I got no kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's trying to make a point. No, but yeah, I don't no, know what we're talking about anymore. I mean, <laughs> well, I think the problem is, and it's funny, but the problem is right. And so, if you ever, the the problem is, if if money is the thing that I uh, that brings me value. If I don't have money, then I I don't have value. If masculinity and being tough is the thing that brings me value. If any point that I show weakness, then I don't have value. If I have a, either a small penis or a penis that doesn't work anymore, which is why if you're watching, you're watching be- basketball right now, or you're watching football, or you're listening to the radio, or you're watching commercials, how many Cialis or blue pills or whatever commercials there are, right? Because if you get to a certain age, men want to still feel valuable. Oh, the only way I feel valuable is if I can lay this dick. So let me pop this pill, right? And so if you don't have those three things, then what am I, not a human? Did women make you feel valuable having them or having they, a rotation of them? Um, I think I thought they did. Mm. I thought they did. I thought, uh, you know, I think uh, the biggest drug is being wanted. Oh, yeah. You know, there's nothing like just being being desired um, for whatever reason. I want to know. It's like, I'm, playing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. And so if we're not, if you're not careful, um, if you're being desired for the wrong things, or if you think being desired is where your value's at, then you're just going to keep going to the things that going to the people that make you feel valuable and seen. Um, even if it's, even if it's an illusion, like Shanti said, none of this shit is real. <laughs> don't please. <laughs> I hate what she did. <laughs> please Girl, don't go there. Ain't none of air taste of Jesus. Um, I was reading. My sister had this book 
it was called co-creators or something it's a great book when i get it from when she's finished reading it i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it we should talk about it but him write it down a scholar go ahead i i read something that really made a lot of sense to me um in my relationship and my and who i am and my <laughs> shit as well but they wrote like when you withhold so much when you don't share when things hurt you when you're scared when you're worried when you desire something when you want to be desired how you want to be desired mm-hmm. when you withhold your basic needs the byproduct of that is withdrawal mm-hmm. right like you can't connect with somebody if you're like holding everything out because like connectivity is like everything's open it's it's drawing people towards you mm. but when you're not sharing your feelings or how you feel you just withdraw you just shut down mm. and i have myself and so many men every single man that i've been with like that is their shit they just it's like, where are you? Where are you? I want, I don't, I don't want money. I don't want to have sex in this moment. I don't want, mm-hmm. all I want to know is like, where are you? Like, where are you? But I, I totally understand from years, from since a very young age. And my father taught me to withdraw, like to withhold mm-hmm. stuff. Like I didn't want my dad to know what was going on with me internally. So I just learned out of shame or like, yeah, I just learned how to just hold shit in. I just Mm. wouldn't say anything. And so it's so hard for me to like, it's so hard to be close. It's so hard to be vulnerable. If you've spent so much time, not even exploring your interior world, like, for me, it's really difficult for me because it's constant conflict because I, I have a sense of what's going on inside of me mm. and then I like don't let it out. So it's just like chaos. Mm. But for for like men or folks that, just like you said, have been, spent so much time literally blacking out mm. from from feeling or naming things or knowing or saying stuff. It's like they are shells of themselves and I don't I I just wonder how in my experience and watching women that I love and watching my mom there is this like well let me let me get this out of you let me like read you all these books that I know let me give you all the bell hooks (laughs) let me send you all the memes let me cry let me beg let me plead to Mm. like bring this out of you but from what I'm hearing, it, it's not, that doesn't feel like it's possible. Like, how do you, I was talking to my therapist and I love the way that she said it because I was just talking about like how, how difficult it is to feel or the shame around these spirals that are my own pathology. Mm-hmm. Just like, you should never feel ashamed about it. You're, you are constantly inviting yourself and your partner to like love, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're constantly trying to show up for like this 
this deepening process of, of love. Mm -hmm. But like you said, that's something that you had to explore. So basically I'm just trying to get out. Nobody, Tina couldn't make you do it. I can't make, my partner can't make me do it. I don't know. Or if it, if it can happen, how is it like, yeah. How do you like, what is the alchemy of love in first loving yourself and like recognizing Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, I'm, I have all these feelings. I have all these fears. I have all the shame. I have all of this shit. I'm not worthy, but also like, I'm ready to do this shit with you. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like that was a personal thing for you before Tina was even in the mix to be like, all right, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm, I too am a mess. Mm. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. out, okay? <laughs> I think, I mean, I, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's accumulative. Um, one, I've had really amazing, even even though I've, I've hurt some of them, I've had some really amazing lovers in my life um, mm. that were willing to be... Did the work, got Tina all prepped and ready, child. I mean, but, you know, that is the process. I think there's always ends up being shame uh, in the failure of a relationship yeah. as if all relationships are supposed to work out. When yeah. it's two human beings trying to figure it out, it doesn't work, move on. But the moving on then feels like I'm a failure. And then mm-hmm. if you feel like you're a failure, it, you know, and you put shame in it, then that you're not going to really get what you are supposed to get out of that process um, and what that learning, what, what you are supposed to learn and how that person helped you to grow. Um, there's an interesting study that, that talks about how um, the books that surround you, even if you don't read them, right? And so you should have a library and you should have books surrounding you because those books influence you, even if you haven't read them. Right. And I think my mother had. Yeah. And so, you know, my mother had really amazing books. She had Toni Morrison's and she had Bell Hooks and she had right. All all of these amazing. The coldest whatever. Right. Audrey (laughs) Audrey Lord and. (laughs) Fly girl. (laughs) But I love my I did. I did read The Coldest Winter, though. Uh, Wow. That's a you got to read that, Dennis. I might need to make that a movie. No, I read. Yeah, I read Coldest Winter. Oh, okay, I also, okay. I also was a Donald Goins fan. Shout out, shout out to the hood. Wow, guys, that it. Even I was like, "This, <laughs> what is this?" I'm sorry. Go on with your study. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. no. So I think, and and I, I bring up that point because I think um, the people we surround ourselves with influence us, even if we don't know we're being influenced. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the places that we go, our experiences influence mm-hmm. us. And so I think I've been surrounded by angels in love all my life. Even if I wasn't getting the message right away, it was there subconsciously. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it, is a, it is a decision that you have to make at some point. I think I am privileged and I'm blessed because, one, I had a stable home. Um, I grew up in a, in a nonviolent neighborhood. Um, I've had amazing lovers, uh, men and women in terms of like my, my relationships and my friendships have been amazing. Um, I am blessed with an emotional intelligence and a love language because I'm an artist that most people don't. Um, and so I think about how do I feel about this where most mm-hmm. people are like, I ain't got time to think about, you know what I mean? I've had the privilege to actually sit back and reflect on how do I feel about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to a point where I was just fed up with feeling like shit. 
Um, and, you know, it depends on where you're at and what your experience is. But once you get to that point, that rock bottom that addicts talk about, um, and I think it's easier to point out when the addiction is something that is substance. Yes. Right? When it's a substance abuse. But when that addiction is shame, when that addiction is, you know, um, even a sex addiction or, yeah. or you yeah. know, validation, the addiction yeah. to being validated, whatever that addiction is, we don't really we don't really know what how to talk about that in a way um, that is transformative. We don't know how to talk about that in a way that um, affirms the person who's going through the addiction, that this is an addiction. So there are steps, which means you have to, you have to detox. You're going to have withdrawal. You're going to want to do the same things that you did before. You're probably, I think it's something like 85 to 90% of people relapse. Right. And so if you do relapse, there's no shame in that because that is a part of the process. Um, and to, to get to your higher self, it's going to be painful. Um, and we are so not with being uncomfortable, um, especially as Americans, uh, being uncomfortable is not something that we want to be. And so we just run to the comfort. What's the easiest thing? Either you can be in a relationship, which is a mirror. The person is going to be your mirror and going to show you all the trauma and all the shit and all the ways that you are ugly. Or you could just break the mirror or go to a new mirror or just keep it moving and, and try to and try to get this this high of the the early relationships right um all early relationships are a high everybody's you know you know that's why i think you know everybody's swiping left or swiping right now um for the younger generation and i think yeah. we we do that in relationships because we don't we don't want to be seen basically um we don't want to be seen because we know the ugly parts like you said shanti i think fuck boys know that being fuck boys um, yeah, and connected to that, like you know, the ugly parts, and then the, and then the worthiness layer. Like, there's so many layers to this shit. Right. Like, yeah. I'm ugly. You don't love me. <laughs> me. And it's like, don't see me. It's it's fucked up. This yeah. shit is. We don't, we, want, we don't want to be seen. It's unsustainable. We don't want to be seen. So yeah, I, I think it's it's really hard. It's really hard for men. I think specifically because society has set it up in a way where we're not supposed to explore our emotions. That's considered a quote unquote feminine thing. Um, I also, I just want to add a little more responsibility. Internet said it best. Also y'all egos, something about your egos connected. Not only are you not like taught to be emotional, but like then you have this other layer of like attachment to your ego that handicaps y'all it just it 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 i can't even can you hear what i'm saying yes yeah it's just like bitch go ahead and talk what you talking about it's just it just See, I will argue I that's, that's both of us. I think that's men and women. I don't know. Because it's women like, out here. Our egos are the ones that's like, he going to choose me. Mm. I'm oh. going to fix him. I'm oh, going to be the one. Mm. I'm going to be the one to get him to act right. Why? I mean, no, men, I think, I, because I think, yeah, I think the male ego, I think men are just with, with uh, because of multiple reasons, we're more violent. And so when our egos are hurt, it's, it's really, more dangerous. It's, way, it's more, more dangerous. dangerous. It's literally more yeah. dangerous. But I, I, I've definitely seen Fucking women a. when women are not picked or especially if they put themselves out there, 
and say that they like someone and the, and the person's like, mm, no, I'm not interested. I'm going to slash your fucking tires. Yes. I'm going to say I'm pregnant. We <laughs> <laughs> can't <I'm> pregnant. <laughs> I am pregnant. I, I don't care pregnant. if we never had sex. <laughs> I am pregnant. And it's yours. <laughs> Dennis, let me ask you one final question because you said something at the wedding that kind of that resonated with a lot of people. You told a story mm. about was it your cousin? You put your cousin on. It was my cousin. Yeah, it was my cousin. Yeah. Dennis yeah. got up there and was like, you know, I had vows written, but you know, everybody was calling me saying, "Yo, man, should last day of freedom. It should last day of freedom." You know, specifically my cousin. This cousin is married, mind you. His wife was like, "Oh, word, that's how you feel." So he was like, "Yo, man, you ready? You think you you still want to do it? Like you about to do this? You know." Rah, 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 rah. And so Dennis was like, he said these beautiful words. He said, of course I want to do this. I'm not as eloquent as him, but then he summed it up with, I, I know I want to do this because I feel free in love with you. Oh, I do remember that. I was at the wedding. I remember wedding. that. <laughs> so I want to ask you about that because it seemed like the the constant was the, or the consistent underlying theme was that you had to lie you had to this, you had, 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 and now mm-hmm. you were choosing, 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 and being, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like choosing and being is freedom mm-hmm. and being able to exist as you are and as mm-hmm. you want to exist. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know. What's the game? How, or not, or like, how did you get free in love? Your sister, like your sister helped. I mean, it, yeah, I said I think your, your sister definitely helped um, helped in that. I think I uh, I laughed with her in a way that I hadn't laughed in years. Um, I was able to be my full self. Um, I was able to just be my full self with her um, to a point where I was like, oh, I forgot about this person. Aww. You know, I forgot. I forgot. I was. I'm actually this silly. And see, I can be all all the things and messy and cry. Um, you know, I, it was it was freeing, and I was like, oh, I can be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was totally freestyle. I had all these vows ready, and my my actually is my cousin-in-law, and so my cousin, uh, shout out to doing <laughs> my cousin-in-law, hit me up, text me that morning, like, yeah, you ready? You know your last moments of freedom. And I was like, that's, that doesn't feel right. It just, that doesn't feel right. That's not my story. That's not my narrative. And I never understood that narrative, this idea of the old ball and chain and, you know, all this other bullshit that you hear about relationships. And I'm like, no, this, this other human being frees me in a way um, that I know I can be my full, total, messy, beautiful, black self oh. unapologetically. Um, and I think that is, I think that's just, I think that's the goal is to be unapologetic at, in all times. Um, I never have to apologize for who I am. I never have to apologize how, how I'm acting, you know, unless I get out of pocket, but you know, I never have to really, I, I, you know, I can be my full self. And I think that freedom, um, I think that freedom is something that's really scary, um, mm. A lot of people, a lot of people can express themselves in talking about what they don't want. A lot of mm. most people don't talk about what they do want, um, especially in a partner. You know, am I too loud? He, he yelling at you? Yeah, like, shut up. Why are you being so loud? Am I too loud? <laughs> am I too loud? He yelling at you, girl. I'm just Free saying, love. you know, we could, you know, I, you know, I know what you don't want. What do you want? 
Um, what do I want? And that's the important thing. Uh, that's something that I'm, I'm continuously exploring uh, because I am such a person of service and my value has always been of, to be of service of people. And so I never wanted to ask for any, I never knew how to ask for anything. Um, even if it's something simple like, hey, could you rub my back? S- simple. It's a simple thing. I got so, a crick in my neck. You're learning that with Tina. Yeah. You guys are learning that. We're learning that. Yeah. 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 That's scary. That's that. scary, huh? Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Shit. <laughs> 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 it's something really, really, oh. really wrong with you and i'll just i'll make this last point i want to make this last point because uh i Please. think bell hooks was put into the space um and bell so she, yeah she has um, she has a book all about love um that oh I my god for. shout out to ben jacotta he told us to read that like, okay, go ahead. okay um and in it she talks about um one she talks about love is an action word it's not a noun um and then she also talks about that there should be ingredients right um, there are ingredients to love. And if these ingredients are in it, then you're not making a love cake, basically. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and so let me see. That doesn't sound very bell hooks, but go ahead. Yeah. I know. Let me see if I can remember. All right. So affection, care, recognition, respect, uh, commitment, open and honest communication. Right. And so you have to have those for love to be present. And I, what I will say is that you only, in my experience, in my journey, you only treat others the way that you treat yourself. So I guess I was lying to these women, but I was lying to myself constantly. And that's why I lied to the women. I, I, and, and I was a fuck boy because I was treating myself like a fuck boy. And so what you need to look at is how can I be caring to myself? How can I show myself affection? How can I show myself respect? How can I give myself recognition? Mm. How can I have open and honest communication with myself? How can I make a commitment to myself, right? Um, and so those are, these, are, these are the things that I think people should be looking at because if you're giving yourself those things, it's gonna be easy to give to someone else. Um, so I just wanted to put that in. And actually, this is not in Bell Hooks' book, but I, I add accountability to that. Mm. Um, there's nothing more loving than accountability. Out. holding yourself accountable um, and holding the people around you accountable for their actions. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to. Well, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I was just, we about to be like, I got to break up with you. <laughs> I don't feel like you're doing any of the things that Dennis said you were. Do you know your pathology? the fuck out of my face you, do, you know i ain't talking about your sickness nigga. I'm talking about that cold you got <laughs> oh my god dennis thank you i'm still a no i i feel um i feel like we're all on our way <laughs> goodbye shanti you are so irritating Um, Myself, I'm on my way with myself first. Dennis, you can't leave though Mm. without doing 
the rapid fire questions. Because oh, we've been yeah. having guests on oh. and we have not right, been doing these. I thought about that today. Oh, man. Okay, hold on. Get the water going. You know what the rapid fire questions are because you're a mm-hmm. listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We need to switch these up, girl. Yeah, they right. threw me off. Never. Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. <laughs> Generational <laughs> wealth or familial happiness? Uh, familial happiness. Jay or Nas? Jay. Mac or Sephora? Mac. Palestine or Israel? <laughs> Palestine. In the light or in the dark? In the light. Prince or Michael? Michael. Sweet or savory? Savory. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Whole Foods. Voodoo or brown sugar? Oh. Brown sugar. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dennis. (laughs) Family or long-term career? Wow. (laughs) Family. A seat at the table or lemonade? Lemonade. Evolution or creationism? Evolution. Wow. Nikki or Cardi? Uh, uh, Nikki. I'm not asking you sexual questions. Is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it or is it one mic? <laughs> uh, one mic. Is it black girl lost or shorty or you for ice? Oh, what, what's my options? Wait a minute. Today is it black girl lost or shorty or you for ice? Oh, black girl lost. He want to say oh you for ice, but he like I'm married to your sister. Let me uh, <laughs> let me fall back. Let me fall back. Uh, Love Jones or Jason's lyric? Love Jones. Sarah Rumi. Rumi. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> make your girl a plate or have her get her own? Oh, make a plate. Knuck if you buck or Annie up? Oh, oh no. How dare you? Come on. Annie up. A 9-11, inside job or terrorist attack? <laughs> uh, both, because white people are terrorists. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Rihanna or Beyonce? Uh, duh, Beyonce. Biggie or Pac? Biggie. Teddy Riley or Babyface? Babyface. Erica or Jill? Erica. LeBron or Kawhi? LeBron. Red Man or Method Man? What? You're just adding shit into Oh, that. Method Man. The philosophy of Killmonger or the Black Panther? Oh, Killmonger. Me or Tina? <laughs> Tina all day. Damn! Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out and to you. Then, you know who you are. <laughs> money and dicks or love and light? Love and light. Whatever. He ain't mean that, y'all. All right, y'all. <laughs> this forever, y'all. Prison. Nobody can see that answer. Ever, 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 ever. John T, do that math real quick, though. Let's see if you can do that math. Do that arithmetic. <laughs> you can't do it. 42. What does it say? It's 42. What does the problem say? 38 plus 4. Oh, worry. I thought it said. Why is there a dick added to 38 plus 4? Why are you just kind of catching on to what had happened? You've been no, on the show I, this whole time. We've been I, on for 17 <laughs> hours, and you just not. Asking. Yeah, but why does that inspire a dick? I'm just saying. I'm just... The teacher was drawing. <laughs> anyway, 
Dennis, do you want people? You said is null and void, Dennis, because I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis, do you want people to follow you? Yeah, don't be with the shits. Oh no, you you ain't got to follow me. Yeah, don't follow Dennis. Leave him the fuck alone. He's married anyway. You listen to him, but if you slide in his DM, but if you you get fucked up, and if you you know if you want to read a play, uh, you can Dennis Albert (laughs) Allen second. Google me. You'll, you'll, you'll find me. Dennis is a playwright and he's a serious playwright. He gets paid to write plays. He writes beautiful plays and he's an, also an actor. He's also a teacher and he's also a Hampton graduate. Actually, I never graduated. Oh, the T, the T. I never graduated. Nope. How you graduate then? Because you got a master's, don't you, child? Yeah, well, you I graduated from a different college. For? <laughs> I was there for four years. I mean, I you know, I'm alumni. Where did you graduate from? Uh, I got my bachelor's um, in both communications and theater from Malloy College. And then I got my MFA at Brooklyn College. When were you in Hampton? I was, what do you mean when was I in Hampton? When were you there? Why are you shouting out Hampton? What do you mean? Did I'm you ever go to Hampton College? Yes, yeah. fool, yeah. but he didn't graduate. I didn't graduate. I never got Even a degree. Even I, I had said 1042 when See? you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say that? What? I'm so confused. What do you I'm mean? so confused. So you I went there, but you graduated from somewhere else? Yes, because I, I, I had to drop. I dropped out. Mm. It was a depression. Yeah, That's a different, this is a different conversation. Y'all have something in common. She dropped out of high school. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. Listen. <laughs> And JoJo dropped out of middle school. I'm not ashamed. JoJo dropped out of middle school this year. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we all said, dropped out of school. She said, oh no, that's the ghetto. <laughs> Y'all got Shout it. Shout out to COVID. You know who you are. Antoinette, I love you. I love how you showed up today. I love the way that you explained everything, talked, your ad libs. Really appreciate that coldest winter quip. Mm. Probably the highlight of my week. Bitch, I just bought that book. <laughs> I was, she was looking around her raggedy ass books. She was like, like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I was like, "Is that study real?" Because it's the ghetto over here. This is why I'm feeling the way I do. Coldest winter ever. I got coldest winter ever because I'm reading it because you know the sequel coming out in February. Dead ass. Really? I gotta yes. Read whole book over again. Shout out to Sister Soldier, oh, the Queen. Us. We need to ask her to come on here. Anyway, Shanti, get your shit together, please, for the next episode. <laughs> get your car together. We gotta use Zoom this week, y'all. We we do apologize. Apologize. Anyway, mm. Dennis, it was a real pleasure. I'm a, I'm gonna listen Dennis, back to I this. really, you really. My man won't catch it. I got so <laughs> much shit to say to him. Oh my God! Just be careful. He gonna listen back. He gonna have the same thing to say back to you. <laughs> yep. He'll be like, "You don't show me who you are either." She's like, "Shut the fuck up." I'm like, "Well, this is it." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "A wall's here." Oh, <laughs> I mean, yo, my oh. head hurts. Oh. All right. You have just heard an around the way curls, John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Aroundaway Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. Have a toast for the douchebags. Let's have a toast for the assholes. Let's have a toast for the douchebags.
Run away fast as you 